T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. So this is an especially intimate episode of NOTR. A couple weeks back, I had an opportunity to catch up with a pivotal person in my life, who, by the way, I actually only met once. Her name is Mandy Soller. She's with the Soller Institute of Tattooing. She is the artist who, in the aftermath of my mastectomy for breast cancer, did the, if I may say so, breathtaking job of tattooing the correct colors, etc., on my newly rebuilt nipple. You know, the funny thing is, is I had no idea that these kind of people existed or that this was even a thing until I needed this unbelievably talented chick. Podcasting from the top of the rocks. This is News on the Rocks with Patty Steele. So um, the exciting thing about doing this with you today is that this happens to be the sixth anniversary of my uh, breast cancer surgery. Oh my gosh. Yeah, six years, six years and I'm healthy and happy and a way better person than I was six years ago on so many levels. I'm and sure. you're part of that journey. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I feel like um, this is Mandy Soller. Mandy mm-hmm. um, came into my life probably about four years ago because I'd had some reconstructive surgery in the aftermath of breast cancer. And um, like everybody else, there's so many elements to all of that. You've got everything from the diagnosis, <gasps> then the surgery, then the chemotherapy, then the rebuilding, and then finally the last little element is um, making your breasts look natural. And especially interesting to me because I only had one side done. So I was hopeful that you would be able to match one side to the other. And the reason I'm kind of telling this story here is because I sort of thought this was like a very small part of my journey. And I have to tell you, um, no pun intended, this was the cherry on top for me because I didn't, after everything else you go through, the hair's growing back and all of the, um, I went in to get that um, colorization done and didn't really anticipate what it would mean to me in terms of where this journey had taken me. And so we had just had the greatest time. You were so lovely. You said, oh, your daughter is here. And my daughter was at the time like 18 years old. You said, Do you, would you feel comfortable bringing her in? And I said, yeah, sure. She and I are very close. So she came in and we sat while you worked on me. We sat and talked and laughed. You told us about your mom and how yeah. you grew up and how you got into what you do. And Katie talked about her mom, which would be me. <laughs> I talked about my mom. 
And at the end of it, I stood up and just looked in the mirror thinking, okay, this will be cool. And it really took my breath away. Oh, I still, here we are all this time later, and I still get really emotional because um, what it meant to me was I suddenly saw myself as myself again. You go through everything you go through, and you're looking in the mirror at various stages, and it's scary. The first time I saw myself after my surgery, I actually fainted, and I'd never fainted in my life. You did? Yeah, I did. Oh, my God. And thankfully, there was a, a nurse there with me, and oh, and I'm not like a, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not like, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. But it just took my breath away. I mean, I, I was- It's that adrenaline that you had that was just probably a buildup from everything that was going on prior, too, and just sure. to that point, and then seeing yourself. That yeah. adrenaline just got you, you know, just right. caught with you, I guess. Yeah, she point. came over. The nurse came to the house to change um, the dressings and stuff. And and I um, was kind of having fun with her and talking to her. And then she took – and, you know, you have to remember, I started out as a triple D. So oh, I still was a triple D sort of, <laughs> you know, it was – and um, well, not quite, but – it it was um, a breathtaking experience, and then the rebuilding and everything. And so to stand there in that room with you, having done the most incredibly artistic work, I mean, even up close, like really close, <laughs> I was like blown away by how completely Aww. natural and how it matched. It was <laughs> like, wow. And it just, it was like I had... It's, you know, better than restored. It's like it made me understand that I had been through something that taught me a lot of great lessons, but that I had this whole wonderful life ahead of me and that what you did is you made me feel pretty again. And I know that sounds very simplistic, but it's really an essential part of what all of us go through that have to deal with this. So I start all of this saying that, and since I'm, my podcast is news on the rocks and we drink. Oh, nice. Here's a, a this <laughs> is to you. <laughs> this is to you. And, um, oh. and also to me because it's the sixth anniversary of my surgery. Oh, and so that is why I was so anxious to talk to you and why we're here today. Um, but I want to get kind of a little bit of your story so people know where you came from because it's not like you were like in kindergarten went well one day I want to recreate nipples on women right I always say that it's not like I wanted to say when I grow up I want to be a nipple expert (laughs) (laughs) so uh, there's a bunch of questions here where did it all start how did you evolve into this and also you know I really do want to touch on where does that understanding of not just colorization but the it's like it's very it's very three dimensional. It's very it just looks so real. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. I know. I mean, it, I mean, it takes a lot of practice and a lot of um, a lot of time to to get that. I think, but I think it also you have to be the right person in order to really be capable of creating that too. You know, I think that's really important. Sure. Um, you have to really want it. It's like it's like anything, though. You know, you have to really want it mm-hmm. in order to to be a good artist at it and really appreciate it and, and get a feel for it. You know, um, I think people always, they, people always ask me, do you get tired of tattooing nipples all day long? Like it's just like nipple after nipple, but I'm like, I actually don't because it gives me, um, it, each case is 
so different. Each mm-hmm. reconstruction is so different. So each time it's like a new, it's a new story. It's a new palette. It's a new canvas. You know, it's, right. it's, it's everything's there. It's just new every time. You never know what you're going to get in that, that aspect of it. Yeah. Can you yeah. hear me? Is that loud? That's okay. So, so yeah, I mean, I mean, it all started though from, for me, it was, I grew up in traditional tattooing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone kind of, um, thinks it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where third, my mom's, I mean, I grew up, I literally grew up in a tattoo shop. So, mm-hmm. uh, probably at 10 years old, my mom wanted to be in, in business now for 32 years. She has a tattoo shop. Uh, back then there was not even a lot of women tattoo artists. Right. So, um, you know, she was one of the pioneers as being a woman in, in the tattoo field. Mm-hmm. And um, me growing up in it, uh, I was always amazed by it. So I would see my old birthday pictures and see, you know, that I have arts and crafts and arts and pencils and stuff like that. And I was always amazed by her tattooing and I would watch the artists. And so my training was being in the shop with them watching and and, and just seeing all that. Um, so it was a really, I think, a great experience for me growing up in it. Um, but my first tattoo on skin was when I was 14 years old. Wow. Young. And yeah, yeah I was <laughs> cause I would always come out and I would say, they would make me draw and, you know, do all this stuff. And I'd say, am I ready yet? Am I ready yet? So there was a woman at the shop and she, I mean, she had tattoos all over her. She had you know, probably a troll picking its nose on her leg or some weird stuff. You know, like <laughs> she's like, you could tattoo me. You know, she had knee surgery and she had three scars on her kneecap. Uh-huh. And my very first tattoo was a three little stickmen, which is kind of ironic too, because most people say I can't even draw a stickman. Um, <laughs> right. And my very first tattoos were to to cover her her three scars on her knee. Wow. And um, so uh, I was telling one of my patients this story probably like eight years ago, right? And mm-hmm. she was like, "Oh, isn't that funny that your first tattoo you ever did was on a scar?" And I'm like. I never thought about that before. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's like, isn't it funny how things come full circle that you were actually covering a scar? Wow. It's almost like you were meant to do it. Like, you know, and I, and I hadn't, I didn't even think of that until she had pointed it out. It was one of my breast patients and it was just like, Oh, kind of rang a bell. So now it's like a story that I always tell. And I always think it's really cool. So then I did traditional body art for about um, nine years into me, well, it was about it was about fifteen years. I was tattooing. Mm-hmm. I tattooed through high school, right? Um, and you, your friends in- must have loved you. You would be like the coolest person because. So I was okay. So I was either the coolest person or I was not so cool because back then you have to remember. Um, I may have had parents that weren't. You know, if I had a friend, they may have not have been allowed to come to my house because my mom owned a tattoo shop you know <laughs> so what happened back then was it was a stereotype that if you wow. you know had tattoos or you owned a tattoo shop that you were a bad person really? I mean my mom she wow. doesn't do drugs she doesn't smoke she doesn't she's she'll giving person you know and yeah. for for me as a younger person it was hard for me to you know it was like oh you know kind of being judged off of that yeah. stereotype wow so I did get that mm-hmm. and um for me now it's funny because now I get to change people's lives with tattooing so it's yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where I get to give people a different light in it, you know, and, and tattooing in general. It's just, you know, it's a different light in it. So it's nice that I can give people a different perspective in it, you do know, you, and, and tattooing. Do you still do any artistic uh, tattooing like the, like body art type? No, I don't. I mean, occasionally on friends and yeah. here or there, not really, mm-hmm. no, but, um, but, you know, I can do it anytime I want. My mom, my mom still has her tattoo shop and, 
I, you know, if, if a patient asked me to kind of do a little breast cancer ribbon on her nipple or something like that, I'm, I'm more than willing to just, you know, kind of do something like that, but yeah. only in my palette of colors now that I have, you know, my pinks and my browns. Right, so right, right. we can't get too, too fancy with it in, in my, in my offices. How did you make the transition from, from doing like cool stuff, body art to, into this? Um, I always tell people, I think it found me more than I found it. Um, I did discover the whole cosmetic end of tattooing and it was really cool because um I I heard about it and I just thought it was so amazing so I I saved up my money I was was probably in my young 20s and I flew to Florida to train with this woman that was a really amazing artist to do cosmetic tattooing when I had come back I was doing some but I was still tattooing and then a doctor wanted to um I actually just wanted to have someone in there doing that to rent space. Mm-hmm. And I just came across a patient that needed it. And then I just, it's just kind of one thing led to another to the point where I had the woman three years later after that training, I had, um, I had a woman, another doctor contact me, the university of Penn emailed me and asked me to come there. So I'm like, mom, mom, the university of Penn, they want me to come to, you know, there, they want me to tattoo, you know? So, and I, and then at that time too, the woman that I trained with three years later, she's like, I knew you were going to be amazing. Do you want to come to New York and do nipple tattooing all within like, I mean, it was like a week and a half, two weeks time. I had all these reaching out. It was like, almost like it was, okay, this is something I'm meant to do. It meant, it's meant for me to be, you know, doing this. So, um, and then from that point on, I just have not, it's been nonstop. So it's been an amazing journey for me. And it's nice because, and then from this point on now, I, my mom taught me how to tattoo and then I taught her how to do the, the nipple tattoo. Oh, so it's cool. Kinda, yeah. So she trains with me and stuff, but so it's kind of funny how it went, you know, in reverse. Now she does that. She still has her shop, but she does, you know, patients with me at the hospital and, and, and different hospitals and stuff like that. So we're both able to do it, but she enjoys it. It's more just for the enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was going in, when I knew that I had to have this done and, um, I kept saying, you know, I want to find like the Michelangelo of breast reconstructionists. And <laughs> so, you know, I went and talked to a few doctors, lots of, you know, great people, but my breast cancer surgeon said to me, you'll know when you meet the person, you'll know because they will make you feel like they understand you and like they're safe. And I remember because my doctor was Dr. Kolker um, in New York and I went to him and I, he's awesome. He's awesome. And I sat down and, and I said that to him. I said, you know, it just really matters to me. I said, it's not like I'm going to get out there and be like fastening on tassels and, you know, <laughs> go into clubs and stuff. But I said, I, I, I get up at, you know, three thirty in the morning to go to work and I stand there in the mirror and I just want to look and feel good. And yeah. he said, he said, absolutely. He said, I like to think of myself as a student of the nipple. <laughs> I never <laughs> forgot that. I thought that was very funny. And and so then after the whole reconstruction and all of that and, the, you know, do a number of surgeries and things, um, he told me about you. He said, she's awesome. She really is amazing. And, of course, having had zero experience with – I didn't even know that was done, to be honest with you. It didn't right. dawn on me because I'd never known anybody, you know, really cl- very closely with with this. And I, so I'd never like, I mean, I had friends that had breast cancer, but I never discussed their nipples with them. And <laughs> so um, to really grasp it, um, <laughs> I can't even explain it. I mean, I've told you, I, 
I to go in there and think, okay, well, this is nice. I'll add a little color to it and blah, blah, blah. And then to look in the mirror. And I can't tell you for how long afterward I would look in the mirror at myself and just take a deep breath and just like look up and say thank you because it it really restored my sense of self. And and again, I'm not like flashing everybody that I see, but I've talked about it on the radio a lot. <laughs> People ask me all the time. And I always talk about the fact that that was such a cool part of the experience because you know, you talk full circle, that was full yeah. circle for me to come yeah. back and then be able to, and even my, my, um, my cancer breast surgeon, the first time I came back after you had, um, taken care of me, she went, Oh my God, look at you. She said, I wouldn't know if I didn't know. Oh, and that's awesome. So that's a testament to you. It was oh, um, you. my doctor, Elisa Port at Mount Sinai. Um, so she's a fan of yours now too. But, yeah, um, about her also. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty terrific. So it's it's an interesting journey that um, you've been on. Have you ever done anything? Have you ever had a friend or a relative that you've needed to do this for, or no? Um, or no, um, no, some close um, people just in my area. You know, kid, my my son's friends, mom. You know, certain people like that that right. I grew up around the area and stuff like that that I've known and, and that I've en ended up going through or you know a family member that's close and then they have a friend you know so I, I do reach people that way but it seems to be everybody already knows okay and they're telling them okay you have to do the menu and they're like okay well I didn't even have reconstruction yet slow down, slow down. <laughs> I'm glad to know yeah you gotta get through that first <laughs> I'm at the very end but they're already like 10 steps ahead of them okay I know this person so when you need this <laughs> what, what, over time what happens like do you is there a point in time where people come back and they want to have it juiced up a little bit or yeah it just depends I would say a majority of the time um it, it it's it's going to be there forever it's a tattoo I mean right. whatever you lose most of the pigment that you lose you'll lose within the first two weeks of it mm -hmm. and and wherever there's scar tissue you usually lose a little bit more so yeah we're working in compromised skin so it's a little different than working on like an arm per se or something like mm -hmm. that so you may see a little bit more color loss and things like that um but and, and over time slight fading but there's two different types of ways to do it and it's funny that you mentioned dr coker because his he actually used to do his own tattooing and, he a told lot of me that. and he said i wasn't he said i was okay but Nothing like Mandy. <laughs> right. So I always joke because there's a lot of plastic surgeons that even still to this day are trying. I mean, more of them are now referring, but that did do it or learned it in residency and didn't learn it the right way. And, mm -hmm. and it's funny because I always joke with the doctors now and I'm, I'm like, well, you used to do tattooing. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, do you think I can go in the OR? I'm good with my hands. That's like <laughs> them saying they can come into a tattoo, you know, right. and perform what I do professionally. So I always joke with them. What have you seen that's changed over the years? Have you been doing this for what you say, nine, 10 years? Ten, 10 years I've been tattooing probably nipples maybe even a little bit longer than that now mm -hmm. um a lot has changed a, a lot in the in that aspects of the reconstruction um right. a lot in um the um the aspects of uh the tattooing itself the advancements in tattooing um the 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 steps that the plastic surgeons used to take versus what they take now and right. I think a lot more or 
able to refer out and feel confident saying, okay, I think this is a better option for you than maybe doing this because X, Y, Z, you know? So it's like, if you're not a good candidate for maybe nipple reconstruction, they'll say, well, the other option is you can have, you know, Mandy saw her do it and she can create a 3d nipple for you because I don't think you're a good candidate for nipple reconstruction. So I think there's more options for patients now where they're like, okay, um, I have two options. I can meet, or even if they are a good candidate for nipple reconstruction, well, do I want to have nipple reconstruction or would I want to just have a 3d nipple tattoo? I mean, either way they're going to have tattooing. So I don't see anyone in any way or direction, but it's, it's kind of preference in that point. Do Mm -hmm. I want to have, reconstruction do I want to go through another surgery do I you know do I want to have a protruding nipple mm-hmm. all these things um but if they don't then they can have a 3d nipple tattoo so it's the illusion of a nipple so right, it's, it's right. really cool and the way that it looks is so real it's amazing so it, it's, it's a good option and I, I like the fact that physicians are actually saying look you're not a good candidate and I think this is a better option for you where before sometimes they would just do it even know and it probably didn't turn out that well or right. they just excluded it completely and there wasn't a whole lot of options so do some of them do um like almost like implants to create them or is most of it's done from the skin on the surface of the the breast mound Uh um what happens is the implants really um if the skin is very tight there's a lot of tension on it so a lot of times or if the patients had radiation and things like that in those certain cases um nipple reconstruction might not always be a good option if the skin's very thin Mm -hmm. um because the tension on it is just going to flatten out the nipple over time so they'll say okay this probably you might not have the best results with the nipple so Mm -hmm. you know 3d option would be 3d tattooing would be better option for that so um i mean and it's just preference i think if you are a good candidate for whether you want to have the protrusion or not did you um did you how do you practice doing something like that i saw somebody on on um instagram i don't know a few weeks ago and and she's like practicing and people are letting her like create nipples on their calf and okay well that's not necessary okay that's (laughs) it's very weird (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, I also, truthfully, like, how do you begin that process? There are, luckily now with the advancements, okay, when I first started tattooing, I practiced on oranges. I mean, fruit, <laughs> you know, things like that. And then people, people really, I mean, they'll tell me to give them a free tattoo and cheap. And yeah, okay, they're willing to let you Whatever. practice on them. You know you're learning, you know. Yeah. That's how you, best thing is skin. Right. Um, but no, I, I train now. I started training um I guess it's been two and a half, three years, three years now. I started the Solar Institute and I yeah, started training. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen your yeah. emails and things. So yeah. I started training people all over the world now. So I actually just got off of a virtual conference last night that I was supposed to be in Las Vegas for. And I just spoke in front of 400 people from all over the world. So it was wow. really awesome. A nipple conference. <laughs> nipple, well, it was actually, it's a, it's a, it's a, there's, it was more on the PMU, so it's permanent makeup, it's uh, scar camouflage, nipple tattooing, um, and that goes for different, you know, people that take trainings. It could be a tattoo artist that may want to um, learn the skill. It right. may be uh, someone that's already doing cosmetic tattooing. It may be a nurse or um, a physician that wants to take the training. Uh-huh. It may be, you know, um, someone off the street that we do a fundamental training now, so it's it, there's more... Um, it, it's more available because it's such a niche thing. There's not a lot of artists doing it. So mm-hmm. um, that we do need trained people that are doing it. And in the medical field, how they're doing it hasn't been done properly. Yeah. I wouldn't say properly. There's just way more advancements in it now where, you know, it, it should be able to last longer and we should have better results and things like 
that. It's I don't think there was actually any proper training for the medical field of that horse. Yeah, I think it probably before was more about just kind of covering up and doing the best you can as opposed mm -hmm. to this amazing artistic endeavor. Right. They would just, just kind of throw something on there. Yeah. And it, it, it kind of mind boggled me because the plastic surgeon would sculpt and, you know, be an artist to do all their thing to make everything look beautiful. And then at the end, just throw something that looks like crap on it. Like, yeah. how would you do that? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like those like yeah. little tattoos you get in, in gum wrappers or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, and it would be like orange in color, or they wouldn't last long. They would have it done three or four. I mean, some of these people would come back. They've had it done like four times, and they would come to me, and I said, I have nipple tattooing done four times, and there's nothing there. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, wow. so it's, it's, it's not being done right. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm lucky that I'm at, um, in, in, at the University of Penn. I was able to um, – I'm in, actually towards the end of a study, mm -hmm. too, that I've been doing with the, the inks and the fading process and mm -hmm. using proper different techniques and stuff like that for that. Um, so kind of advancements in it and just kind of proving that, that it, there could be a better way of it being done. It's fascinating because, um, yeah, I get all the science and everything, but at the end of the day, you know – it's one person standing there looking mm -hmm. in the mirror in the morning while you're brushing your teeth, you're just out of the shower, and you're just going, how lucky am I to live in this time when there are people like you and people mm -hmm. like these doctors and nurses who can not just restore your health but also restore your emotional well-being. Yeah. And um, it's a beautiful thing, and I hope that you um, think about that often because what you're doing um, is so incredibly meaningful and and at least for me much 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 appreciated oh thank you I know I love it I love every moment every comment when the point when I say I'm finished and you get to look in the mirrors and I it's it's always you just feel every every single time it's yeah. you know and you never know what you're gonna get either you know you never know what you're going to emotions you're going to get from someone or you never know what comments you're going to get from someone or you never know, you know, to, but to, to be able to, to, to have a woman say, you know, things like, okay, now I'm going to allow my husband to see me or, yeah. you know, just certain things that you, they say, you just feel like ah, I'm so happy that I'm able to be here and do this. Thank well, you. we're happy you're here too. <laughs> I just have to thank you uh, once again. And um, here's to my six years and about four years since you and <laughs> Cheers. Much appreciated. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh-huh. Being awesome. <laughs> we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.